This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Jeff Rieger. Another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for a hump day. It's Wednesday. It's the third day of the new year. It's January 3rd, 2024. How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a great day. We now know who Michigan's going to play. They're going to take on the Huskies in the CFP championship game Monday in Houston. That's going to be sweet. Lions getting ready to take on Minnesota. Last game of the regular season against the Vikings, 1 o'clock at Ford Field. Still a slim chance to get the two seed. And the Pistons still suck. And the Red Wings give up goal after goal after goal. When I'm recording this, it's 829 on a Tuesday. So they have yet to play the Sharks. So maybe the Red Wings can get a nice win against San Jose when you wake up and watch this or listen to this. But I got to be honest, I kind of get down after the holidays. Do you? After the holidays pass, and I know the holidays bring stress to people about like finances. You don't want to spend too much money. You don't want to see your family potentially. You don't want to get somebody the wrong gift. But I love the holiday season. Because after the holidays, you got Christmas and Hanukkah. And then after New Year's with all the bowl games and whatnot, it becomes very cold outside. I feel the temperature goes down like 50 degrees. It was 55 at Christmas. Now it's like 20. Nothing but cold. It's very sad. It really is. Do you feel this? Do you get like this? I mean, I can't wait till the spring. Give me the national championship game and then give me the Lions in the playoffs. And then after that, take me right to March. NCAA tournament. Weather that's nice and sunny and I can golf. What the hell's the matter with me? I feel I talk about my age probably too much on this podcast, but I am a 48-year-old man. Do you know what I now focus on? The fucking weather. You tell yourself you're not going to be like your parents, but then you end up being like your parents. Like, I feel like I'm in that progressive commercial. Who cares about the weather? I do. I don't even know how it happened. Like, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I check the weather. That's not true. I'm lying. The first thing I do is I check YouTube to see how many people have watched this podcast. The second thing I do. I second thing I do is I check how many people listen to the podcast. I guess I'm a total narcissist too. In addition to being old, I'm selfish. 
But the third thing I do is I check the weather. And then I start having these internal conversations with myself. Ooh, it's going to be 35 degrees. Could I get away with a windbreaker? Or do I need to wear my big coat? Seems like a boot day out there. Or maybe I'll wear my Jordans. Hmm. Should I wear corduroys to feel all warm? Or what about denim? Maybe workout pants. Like, these are the conversations I have with myself. Really pathetic, I know. The only good thing about being old and caring about the weather is it's a great icebreaker. If you get dragged to a gathering or a party and you got to talk to people, and maybe those people don't like sports, which is always my go-to, it's my icebreaker, you can always bail out and call an audible and talk weather. Because odds are you're talking to other old people that care about the weather. I don't know how this happens, people. I really don't. All you young folk out there, promise yourself you won't care about the weather. Young people don't care about the weather at all. Young people just like, oh, I'm going out. They don't care if there's an umbrella in their car or if they have the scraper for the snow. Nobody cares about that crap except for old people like me. Don't let this happen to you. Be self-aware. Speaking of self-aware, I don't know if the Lions are being self-aware. Everybody's still talking about that play on Saturday in Dallas. And by the way, rightfully so. Lions, once again, get boned. They get screwed. They get fucked. Lions call that great two-point conversion once they pulled within one at the end of the game. A pass completed to Taylor Decker from Jared Goff. And then, of course, Brad Allen got it wrong. He throws the flag, illegal formation, illegal touching. And then we know what happened. The Lions eventually lose the game. We've talked so much about it. On 97 won the ticket. I'm sure you... You talked about it as well. You might be sick about hearing about it, but I don't think you are because it's five days later and people are still calling the ticket to talk about the Lions getting boned, getting screwed, getting jobbed. And there are kind of new details that we'll get to momentarily. But this has always killed me about the Lions. And I do think they're different, and I think they're a really good football team. And later in the week, we'll get into how good and how deep of a run they can make. But it is amazing because the Lions always get fucked. They always get screwed. They're always on the short end of getting screwed, boned. And I don't know why it must be because, what, the league has no respect for them? I've always wondered why the Lions just take it. They never say anything. I think Sheila Ford is different than her parents. I think she's done a tremendous job. I would love to see later this week, maybe even later today, her step to the podium and obliterate the NFL. Say, listen, we're not going to take this shit anymore. And list the multiple occasions that the Lions have been screwed. Now, I'm sure every fan base thinks they get screwed, but the Lions have been screwed numerous times. What about the game in Seattle on Monday night? Nobody knew the rules. Lions should have won the game. They give the win to Seattle. Calvin Johnson, the game in Chicago, did not complete the process. Opens up the big-time discussion that we still have today. What the hell is a catch? Jim Schwartz threw the challenge flag on Thanksgiving. Lions get boned. Golden Tate in the 10-second runoff. Lions get boned. Picking up the flag in Dallas in the playoff game. I mean, it never stops. Devin Taylor, hands to the face of the face mask and Aaron Rodgers. Never happened. 
Rodgers throws the Hail Mary on Thursday night football. The list goes on and on and on. I've always wondered why doesn't Detroit say anything? Say something. Would it do anything? I don't know. Would it help? I have no clue. I remember asking Matthew Stafford one time after one of these screw jobs. I can't remember which one it was because there's been so many of them. But I said, why don't you ever say anything? You're the face of the franchise. Say something. And he said, what good would it do? Couldn't hurt. You know who doesn't seem to get screwed? Jerry Jones, the owner of Dallas. Jerry Jones, and this is from Clarence Hill Jr., covers the Cowboys, tweeted out this earlier this morning. Says Cowboys owner Jerry Jones on the controversial ending to the Lions game and fuzzy two-point play. Quote, I can't believe the convoluted way that we ended up winning the football game. But let me put it like this. The defensive team is supposed to know who the eligible receivers are. Anything you do to fuzzy that up can get fuzzy for you. The play went his way, and Jerry Jones is still blaming the Lions because they made too much of a complicated play. How about the Lions stand up and say, play was legal, it was brilliant, official fucked it up. Like, just one time. One time, instead of rolling over and taking it, Say something. Again, would it change anything? I have no idea. But come on. It's like Jerry Jones piling it on. But he's right, though. He is right. That's the thing about that play, by the way. Lions did it brilliantly to confuse the Cowboys. They sent three offensive linemen up to Brad Allen. With only Taylor Decker was going to be the one that says, hey, I'm eligible. Now, of course... The Lions knew that the Cowboys knew that Dan Skipper was their jumbo tight end offensive lineman. And all game long in those packages, Dan Skipper's coming in. So the Lions are hoping that the Cowboys think it's Skipper, that they're not paying attention, and Decker is announced, and thus Decker is wide open for the two-point conversion. It's a brilliant play. If no Dallas folk are paying attention, then it works like a charm. And it also worked like a charm because they said 70 was eligible and not 68. Lions got boned. And the league is trying to blame it on Detroit. Jerry Jones kind of following that narrative. We'll get to that momentarily. But I feel the play's been talked about at nauseum. I feel nobody's done nothing but talk about the play and talk about the Lions getting jobbed. And, you know, nobody's really even talking about, like, the playoff implications, the fact that Lions got screwed out of potentially a two seed. They still have a slight chance at it, but more than likely it's not going to happen. They got screwed out of another playoff game at home, which, I mean, forget the football reasons alone. Think about the economical impact of having another home playoff game at Ford Field. But I think the one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is Dan Campbell and his decision to go for two again once the Lions got boned the first time. So the play works like a charm. Credit to the Lions, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell. They set it up perfectly. They knew if they had a chance to win the game, they're not going to overtime. They're going to do this two-point conversion. And it worked until it didn't because Brad Allen sucks. I mean, this official, by the way, has been through this stuff before. Go look at his record. He's always in controversial situations. And how does the NFL discipline him? 
they give him the Sunday night football game this week. Isn't that nice? Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? But some of the blame does go to Dan Campbell, too, because he lost his mind. And rightfully so. They spent so much time on that play that when it didn't work out, or should I say it did work out, but it did not work out because the officials screwed it up. Campbell lost his mind. This happens to all kinds of people all the time. It's happened to me. You play poker? Do you gamble? Campbell went on tilt. He did. It's like Campbell was playing in this unbelievable poker hand. There was a ton of money in the pot. Campbell had himself a great hand. And on the river, his opposition gets the card to beat Dan Campbell. We've all been there. You go on tilt. You lose your mind. The next hand, you always say, I'm all in. I'm all in. You're not even thinking straight. That was Dan Campbell. That was Dan Campbell on Saturday. And again, I don't blame him, but you got to find a way to overcome adversity caused by human error. So after the play didn't go the Lions way, Dan Campbell was furious. Lions get pushed back to the seven. Lions go for it. Still, they go for it from the seven. What are you thinking? They get bailed out. Michael Parsons jumped off sides. So then the Lions get moved up to the four-yard line. Now, mind you, you're in compressed territory. You're in the red zone. You got one crack at it. What do you think the percentages are to convert a two-point conversion to begin with? It's probably like, what, 40 to 50%. Then you move it back two yards to the four-yard line. Then it's maybe, what, 35%? And then, by the way, of course, you bring in the fact that you got nowhere to go. You got nowhere to move because you're deep in the red zone. So you can only do a certain amount of plays. And by the way, you already used your best one. So what are you using, your third best play, your second best play? I don't know. Dan Campbell lost his mind. He should have kicked the extra point, at least in my mind. Now, I know Campbell a little bit. He's a very transparent individual. I thought there was a chance that when he finally talked to the media, he would say, you know what? Kind of lost my mind. I should have kicked the extra point. But instead, Dan Campbell said, nope, I told my team we're going to drive down the field. We're going to tie the game or we're going to score a touchdown and then win the game. And I kept the promise to my team. Now, by the way, I'm pretty sure your team would understand. You got a better chance to win it in overtime than you do from the seven or from the four one play. I was also hoping that if Campbell truly would have gone for the two-point conversion again, he'd give me a reason why. Like, Sam Laporta was injured. Jamison Williams got injured. Maybe Dan Campbell thought he had a better chance from the four, one play to go ahead than to win in overtime with some key pieces missing and Jared Goff was kind of throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, if he were to say that, that'd be a fine explanation. But nobody really asked him. And it was driving me nuts. Like, why did he continue to go for two? And if it was for some other reason than just being really emotional, and losing his mind a little bit, does he regret it? Well, you know what? Sometimes you get the answers you want. Because Jim Costa does a great job at 97 won the ticket. Has a great podcast with Mike Valente. Catch the ticket. They get all kinds of reviews, by the way. They have thousands of reviews. I want to be like them. They get a ton of reviews. I got like 21. So please, rate, review. But Costa was on the morning show on Tuesday. Filling in for Jansen. 
who of course was in Pasadena, as Bama loses to Michigan. And Costa did a great job. And Campbell was on the show, as he is every Tuesday. And they talked about the NFL, and they talked about the reaction to the play. And then Costa asked the question that I thought needed to be asked by the beat writers on Monday, and maybe even asked more after the game. Take a listen. I want to play this for you, because it's Dan Campbell hearing the question and then fighting back. Like Campbell and Costa went at it. They did. It was great radio. And I respect them both for having their sides and opinions and not backing down. Take a listen. I want to play this for you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You had said you told the offense you're going for two on the final drive if you score, but from the seven, I mean, and looking back, like, was there a point of no return where you lay down your sword and kick the extra point? Do you regret at all the decision to go for it from the seven? Yeah, I told I told our offense. I think I I said this before, and uh, we're going for the win, and we're going to go down, we're going to score, and we're going for two, and and I wasn't coming off of that. So if it was like ten or fifteen, like a holding penalty, you still would have gone for it. No, if we're getting outside the 10, no. Okay, we that's we why I'm outside right. the yeah, 10 yeah. every week, good on good. <laughs> we do it every week. O versus D. Yeah, I th- like when, when you got the penalty and moved it to go the... Go ahead and say it. Say it. Both of you. What? Say it. Say what you want to say. I think from the seven, it's a low percentage play. I think your chances of winning are lower than if you kick the extra point. I would have... I would like you would say it to anybody else. Yeah. I'm on the radio. Say it like you want to say it. Yeah. I thought it was a reckless decision. Thank you. Do, okay, I, but you don't regret it? No. Okay. All right, that's awesome, isn't it? That's awesome. Because how often does the coach of an NFL team want you to shoot him straight? I think he was expecting that question. And he handled it fine. I thought Costa handled it great, too. Costa was put on the spot. And he called it reckless, which, by the way, Jim Costa was 100% correct. But you also got to respect Dan Campbell a little bit for having the stones to not only go for it, but to stick by the conviction. Like, I remember last year, Campbell in Minnesota, like the third game of the season. Remember when he put his kicker out there to kick like a 54-yard field goal? Lions ended up losing to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins drove him down late. Campbell admitted he screwed up. I thought he might admit that he screwed up this too, but he decided not to. He stuck by it. Now, I wonder if Dan Campbell would do it in a playoff game if the exact same situation arose. I don't know. I hated the decision to go for it. Now, mind you, you know me. I love Dan Gamble. I like how aggressive he is. But there was a couple spots in that game where you didn't have to be aggressive. One of them was in the first half. Dan Campbell called that great fake punt to extend the drive, and the Lions get deep in Dallas territory. Fourth down, and they go for it on fourth and four. 
They should have kicked the field goal. They were down 7-3. to three. Could have been down 7-6. And you know how close that game was. You're on the road. Get the points. I love the aggression. I love Dan Campbell not being afraid ever to go for it on fourth down or call wacky plays. But I also think you need to be smart about it. And you got to play the percentages. And you got to play the analytics. And I don't think there's an analytic anywhere that's going to tell you that a two-point conversion from the seven, it's a good idea that you go for it. The same goes with the two-point conversion from the four. Kick the extra point, go to overtime, win the football game, and give yourself a chance at a better seed. But there you go. Dan Campbell does not regret the multiple two-point conversions afterwards. I think he should. I think Dan Campbell's the best Lions coach of my lifetime. I think Dan Campbell's awesome. I think Dan Campbell has changed the culture. How many podcasts have I done on Dan Campbell? He's been outstanding. Best coach of my life. I can already say that. Better than Wayne Fonts. But in this instance, just because he's great, just because he's done a hell of a job with Detroit, doesn't mean you can't second guess. And I second guess that. And Costa second guessed it. And listen, Campbell's going to stick by his guns but I can still believe his guns were wrong. I mean, that was great radio, right? Costa, Campbell, nobody backing down. It's good stuff. I want to know who you agree with, comment section. Because I feel like that aspect of this isn't talked about. Sure, we talk about Brad Allen nonstop, and we will forever. He's like the new Jim Joyce. At least Jim Joyce, by the way, admitted to be fucked up. Brad Allen will never and has not. And I never expect him to coward but what about after that play should dan campbell have kicked the extra point go to overtime or should he have done what he did which is two two-point conversions one from the seven get bailed out on an offsides by michael parsons and then one from the four. i thought campbell was wrong there that's my opinion let me know what you think very quickly before we let you go and we got some comments to get to too couple things. Isaiah Bugs no longer with the Lions. They released them, had to make a roster spot, and it's good news. Now, you'll miss Bugs. Bugs has had some pretty nice plays this season. He put it out there on social media. He's done with the team. But Dan Campbell did say C.J. Garner-Johnson could play on Sunday against the Vikings, and Aleem McNeil could play on Sunday as well the defensive tackle for the Lions. Now, James Houston's going to be still a little bit, but he's practicing and he's getting closer. That's fantastic news. I thought the Lions defense played great on Saturday. Despite C.D. Lamb getting over 200 yards receiving, you held them to 20 points. They averaged 40 at home. I think this Lions defense is going to help you when it matters the most in the postseason. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but I truly believe once you finally get past a two-point conversion, once you finally get past getting fucked, you'll realize Lions are a pretty good football team. And there isn't many teams in the NFC that I'm afraid of. So that's the updated news. The other thing I find a little ridiculous. It seems like the NFL isn't going to change the procedure for how you make a guy eligible. And furthermore, it seems like they're kind of blaming the Lions. Like you heard what Jerry Jones said. We read it to you. If you're going to screw around trying to confuse the Dallas Cowboys, you might confuse the referee. That's what the NFL believes. 
Pro Football Talk wrote this article. And they even called what the Lions were trying to do a little wrong. They made this whole point like I, they can't imagine that Dan Campbell would tell the officials what he was going to do because it's a little wrong. How is it wrong? It's totally within the rules. It's genius. It's brilliant. Take it a step further. I don't think most defenses even pay attention to those announcements. How many tackle eligible plays do you see at work? I think that's my proof. But you get pro football talk calling it a little dirty. I'm sorry. Isn't football about deception? Don't defenses try to disguise coverage all the time? Let me give me a break. A little wrong. But that's like the NFL narrative. The NFL is kind of blaming the Lions. Oh, how dare you send three men to report eligible trying to get too cute? Don't get too cute because you might confuse the official. They're letting their official off the hook. That's what they're doing. And that's ridiculous. The official has one job. Understand who's eligible. Taylor Decker told him. He either went like this or he yelled at him. So I do find it funny. And this gets back to my point from earlier in the podcast. It would be nice for the Lions to stand up for themselves. Because the fact that Jerry Jones has already said something when he won the game and the NFL seems like, well, you know what? Lions kind of deserve it. They got too cute. It's not on our official. It would be nice if Sheila or Rod or Brad or Chris or somebody in that team, that front office, say something. Don't take this shit anymore. Ridiculous. Blaming the Lions. Anyway, I think that pretty much does it. Let me know. Should Dan Campbell have gone for two? I feel a very under-talked about portion of this much-talked-about story. And wouldn't it be nice to hear from the Lions, somebody in the organization, Maybe they'll stop getting screwed because they get screwed so often. Let's go to the comments. So yesterday's podcast was all about beating Alabama. It's funny. I predicted Bama to win that game. People didn't like that at all. The comments are rather mean. Let me read some of these comments. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But here we go. This is from Mike Tylenda, 8880 says, YouTube won't let me post how I feel about your analysis. Obviously, he was not a big fan. How about this one? Grumpy Poof, 9648. Dude, I hate Michigan. But there comes a point where you just have to give respect where it's due. Their week schedule doesn't matter. The sign-stealing scandal doesn't matter. They went out and beat a good team. I didn't think I'd see the day where Alabama would get absolutely dominated in the trenches like that. That was an NFL defense that I saw last night. Damn. Goes on to say, please lose to Washington, though. Thanks. LOL. Mr. Rico has a big one. I like that. Mr. Rico has a big one. Says, well, dumbass, fuck the SEC. Okay. And then there's a couple more. This one from Jason Moore, 803. I like Jeff Rieger, but he was rooting for Michigan to lose after the scandal instead of being objective about the whole thing. He jumped on the sign-stealing bandwagon. All right. I don't know what objective has to do with this. I told you who I thought would win the game. It had nothing to do with the sign-stealing. I thought Bama was going to win. I was wrong. F. Pandoro, 26-26. The worst possible outcome for college football. 
Cheaters do prosper. And then one more for you. This is a good one. This is from at Guy Price, at G Price, hyphen M-G-A-M-I. This guy, me, was calling for Harbaugh's head all season. Love the CME crow. All right. So there you go. I kind of feel people like me being wrong about my prediction, Michigan and Alabama. They like that more than Michigan actually winning by some of the response I've got. So there you go. There's the podcast comment section. Let me know. Should the Lions have continued to go for two? Who do you agree with, Jim Costa or Dan Campbell? And wouldn't it be nice if somebody from the organization said something? Because I'm sick of this team getting screwed. And I got to believe you are too. That's the podcast for today. We'll catch you tomorrow on a Thursday, guys. Uh, enjoy the weather. If you need a weather update, just come to me. Tweet me, Rieger1984. I know the weather. I even know barometric pressure. It's what I've become. Not proud of it. Catch you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.